Hello and welcome to the All-American Maker Podcast. My name is Brendan Halbum, and today my guest is Christian, who is also known on Instagram as Denim and Whiskey. Christian is what you would call an online influencer. Now, he may greatly dislike this terminology, but his information and insight into working with products and brands is invaluable. And I personally learned a lot from his perspective through our conversation. The sponsor of today's episode is Rustic EDC, at rustic.edc on Instagram. If you're interested in everyday carry, I would highly recommend checking them out. One of my favorite products that they produce is pocket states out of titanium, brass, and copper. Something that you can carry around with you every single day and be proud of the state that you come from. Thank you for taking the time to listen today, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Christian, how's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Very good. It's uh, 1 o'clock here on the East Coast, and it's 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. where you are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, up over here in, in Seattle, and uh, uh, on my third cup of coffee, so there might be a fourth in my future. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, not a bad way to uh, spend a Saturday morning, uh, getting to... Getting to, I know that you and I have chatted a little bit over uh, Instagram message. That seems to kind of be how things go at first. You, you chat over Instagram, uh, a message uh, portion of the app, and then eventually, eventually you make it uh, official and you have the phone call. Mm-hmm. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> phone call, so I like it. Definitely. It's nice to make new friends and make connections. So you want me to, uh, maybe, maybe I should introduce myself a little bit to, uh, to your listeners. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you started on Instagram and built up your brand, essentially. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, so uh, uh, name's Christian, and I uh, live in Seattle, Washington, so uh, that's, we jokingly call that Lower Canada or Lower Alaska. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we're over here uh, in the other uh, left part of the country, so... Um, Let's see here. Uh, my day job uh, is uh, a mental health counselor. I'm I run a I run a group practice here in the Seattle area, private group practice. So you know people with um, psychiatric, intense psychiatric or psychological um, diagnoses come and get uh, outpatient mental health counseling, and so uh, that's what I do for my day job. And um, and then I have a couple of a couple of kiddos, two daughters. Uh, one just turned ten a couple days ago, and the other is. Uh, I think roughly around eight. Um, and uh, I've been married for some time now. Uh, I think maybe 13 years. Not, I'll have to verify that one. <laughs> I think it's 13. I could be wrong on that. Um, so, uh, yeah, how did I get my start on uh, Instagram? I, I was actually just talking with um, uh, the owner of, uh, I was on another phone call yesterday. I was talking to the owner of Dixon Rand uh, hmm. yesterday. And, uh, you know, uh, she was asking me kind of a similar question and, uh, you know, shame, I don't know if it's, uh, shamelessly or shameful. I'm not sure. Um, I, I was, you know, back when I started the Instagram thing, um, I was, uh, a lot, a lot worse off in terms of, uh, financial. I just couldn't afford anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had, I had found out that people were getting, uh, stuff on Instagram and that kind of intrigued me because I just didn't have money to pay for quality things uh, that I really wanted. And uh, I was kind of stuck just going to target and buying clothing uh, that way. And, but just like blowing through it because the quality was not very great. 
Sure. Um, but I had some photography skills. I, I grew up around a, a professional uh, photographer as a father. Uh, mm-hmm. Not me as a father, my dad was. But uh, So I, I was like, well, you know, I'll uh, see about creating an account. And, and, and the whole name Denim and Whiskey, I, I don't know, like, why I chose that. I mean, I, I think other than the fact that, you know, I like denim and I liked whiskey, but definitely I didn't like whiskey as much as I like it now. So mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, my, my account was really more heavily geared towards, like, men's fashion and denim. And, like, whiskey was kind of uh, ancillary, I guess, tertiary to the uh, to the fashion. Now it's kind of shifted the other way, you know, where whiskey's kind of the main star and then like the men's fashion is uh you know kind of the tertiary focus so uh yeah so i i uh i kind of started with also with the idea of like i wanted um i needed some sort of therapeutic outlet i was just like i was just uh working three mental health jobs at the time so i was just like in mental health and i just needed something to um kind of decompress and i had nothing to do with mental health whatsoever. And so, uh, yeah, it kind of grew out of that. And, uh, and I really honestly, I didn't think it was going to turn into anything. Um, and really had no goal other than like, Hey, maybe I'll get a shirt out of this. Sure. Um, so it, it kind of turned into a lot more, uh, than, than I think I ever anticipated. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's a great description, but I think that's the, the most honest one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think that's me by and large. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not in, even entirely sure, you know, which direction the account's going to continue to go. I would imagine it's going to continue to focus on whiskey, but, um, and hopefully showcase, uh, some quality, quality men's goods. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as future direction goes, I don't, I don't really know. So when exactly did you start your account on Instagram? Mm. you know it might have been back in like I might have opened up an account I, you know, I don't know when Instagram really hit the scene but it might have been in like 2012 uh, like I just had it because I think everybody else had it mm-hmm. and I was I was posting like low quality shots of my food and my kids <laughs> and <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you know and putting on like the Instagram filter filters you know because oh wow that looks cool and uh but i i think i started taking it more seriously in like i might have been 2015 Mm -hmm. um that i that i started going like hey let's let's get more consistent in uh my in the photography get better at it and and creating kind of more of a unique voice uh so i yeah i think 2015 okay probably when i started taking it more seriously yeah, there's definitely a lot more content on Instagram now. Like, there's just so much what I would call like white noise sometimes of everyone's just kind of copying the same style or doing the same things. And it's kind of refreshing right. sometimes to f- find a, a content creator on Instagram that's just like, I don't really care what anyone else is doing. This is just me doing what I love to do. And yeah, yeah. I think that's what stuck out to me about your content is the fact that it's really just you creating content around what you love and people notice it. Like that's why you have a following now because it's not like you're going for those banger travel shots like everyone else or, 
you know, doing those up close product photos all the time. A lot of times it's just more lifestyle. You chilling on a porch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're right about that. Uh, and I appreciate that. Thank you, man. That's, uh, uh nice to be to, nice to say, I think that's kind of the, um, been, been my focus. Uh, although I did, I, I mean, I, I did when I was, you know, I maybe the first couple of years of doing this, I, I was doing trying to seek out to do, uh, to do those kinds of, uh, shops. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I kind of felt like I started getting, it started becoming less fun because I was I, like, I was focusing on, um, growing, <clears throat> growing my follower base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so like the, the photography was, in, in my opinion, was being more like, I was paying more attention to like the brands were telling me like, Hey, do this shot, do that shot. And then like, um, it would either resonate or it wouldn't resonate with, with fall with my followers. And, and then I would pay attention way too much to, uh, like follower count. And, um, mm-hmm. I think over the last, you know, maybe six months, um, it's been, it's been a nice shift for me, difficult, but a nice shift for me to, to say like, Hey, I'm just going to produce content because I, you know, I like to photograph, um, and I'm going to work with brands that like I would go to a store, um, and buy, buy their stuff. And some of the, and, and I, I would say maybe like 25 to 30% of the stuff that you see in my shop, like I have personally bought. Yeah. So like, it's not, it's not that I'm, you know, getting a hundred percent of the stuff, uh, from these brands, but, uh, uh, but I do get stuff from brands. They like, here, please photograph, um, our product. And I'm happy to, I love, I love doing that, but I, I generally like to work with brands that, um, it kind of makes it a little bit easier for me to, uh, get behind because I like them and I would buy them and then it's easy to tell a story with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I like how in your stories, like say you have a a particular photo and there's a lot going on, like you're sipping on a cup of whiskey, you've got a whole outfit on or whatever, and you'll actually break it up and tag each individual uh, business or maker that created those products separately so that they kind of get their own attention too. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, like me you know, the, the piece about, you know, the, so there's the artistic side of, of, um, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I love that probably more than anything else, but there's also the business side of Instagram. And so I know, um, companies, brands, um, I know that when they're, when they're, um, giving me their product, you know, they're, they're trusting me a lot yeah. that I'm going to, uh, like tell a story. Um, I'm going to photograph, uh, their product. Well, I'm going to, um, kind of elevate their brand, uh, and really do right by it. And so, um, that's, that's been a piece that has been really like kind of central to how I work with brands is like, there's a lot of trust that a brand puts into an influencer. uh, And I don't even like that term influencer, but, um, but you know, when they're giving product out to somebody, uh, they, they want to make sure that like the person is going to do right by them. And so like, uh, and I work with a lot of smaller brands. And so I know that when a small brand gives out product, like they're, they're doing it with a, a, a decent amount of hesitation and a decent amount of like, um, 
concern, you know, like, Hey, are we going to see a good return on investment? You know, mm-hmm. or is there going to be a good message that, you know, denim and whiskey is going to put out, you know, I, 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 so like that, that piece is definitely way at the front, uh, with smaller brands that I, uh, I work with. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. Cause I personally have essentially three different brands that I've been building and like, I can't tell you how many people either email me or message me directly on Instagram and they're like, Hey, can you send me free products so I can take photos of your stuff? And it sounds very intriguing sometimes, but on the other hand, it's like, do you even know how much it costs me to make that and ship it? And I'm not, I'm like literally one person and like I might, I don't even have a big representation on Instagram. I have maybe a couple thousand followers, but sometimes people think they have this perception of like your brand of like, Oh, they've got a ton of products or they've uh, posted a bunch of photos and I can probably get something out of this. And it's really good to hear that. Like someone actually cares about the other side of it where it's like, yeah, you recognize the amount of work and time and effort and financial investment it takes in order to build a brand. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, as much as it is for the maker, um, uh, a business and something that like is going to pay the bills. Um, and I know in a lot of cases, these, these small brands, um, you know, they're working like this isn't, this isn't even necessarily their main job. Like they have to work another job uh, mm-hmm. to, to pay the bills. And so like, it's even more important that like, you know, I'm, I'm really like, I like to try and go above and beyond, you know, in the way that I do things uh, when I'm working with really small brands where I'm like, um, like if I was charging and I have charged in the past, that's, and that's been, you know, bigger companies that I know yeah. have like, um, a marketing budget. Uh, but, uh, with smaller brands, I'm like, man, I know that you don't have any money to like any additional money to pay, mm-hmm. uh, for photography. <laughs> and, uh, I really, I really believe in your product. And I, and I think like, you know, just in general, like if I get to know the maker, I also like, yeah, I'd really love to be able to give, um, you know, my time and energy. Uh, into, you know, doing some photography and posts, you know, honestly, just for the product, but also just to help out the brand. Cause I want to see the, I want to see the brand grow. I want to see that, you know, that maker, uh, be successful. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's been time consuming, but I, I would say for the most part, like, uh, I feel like, I don't know, it's, again, it's therapeutic for me. Um, and I, I enjoy it. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's cool to hear. And like, even though a lot of times I'm able to take my own pictures cause I'm also like more so when I'm not stuck at home, my day job is photography and video, but oh, okay. it's really cool to see, um, that like you can have your own brand and be a photographer, but also I recognize the fact that say your style of photography and the fact that even though, you know, social influencer is a buzzword, uh, like buzz phrase, you have influence and you have a following and to notice, like even to have you take pictures of say my products, it would have a definite positive effect on my brand. And so recognizing that, like for me, I would be willing to invest in it because I know the fact that like, I don't have 30,000 followers on Instagram. 
even yeah. though maybe only half of them even ever see your posts. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, like when someone does have influence, I also recognize that as well and a good eye for photography. It's not just that you have influence, but that you have built up a, a skill set in order to actually build your brand and build what you have now as a following on Instagram. Yeah. No, thank you. No, I, yeah, no, I, uh, in a, the, the influencing side of things, um, and like, um, uh, has always been a little, little tricky cause I, I recognize that like there is influence that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, to an extent, like every one of us, even if we don't have a social media account that influences thousands, we're all influencers, right? Like we all, yeah. you know, I uh, have friends and family that we influence on things and whatnot. So I guess, you know, to that extent we're all influencers, but, um, I, <clears throat> I think that, um, uh, it's been a little tricky cause I'll get, I'll get, uh, brands. I would say for the most part, bigger brands, uh, that reach out to me, um, and initiate, you know, like communication and, and oftentimes they're like, Hey, we really love your photography. It's really amazing. Like, wow, it stands out, you know, like just pouring on the, the compliments mm-hmm. and, uh, they're like, we would love for you to, you know, like get some product from us and like, you know, shoot it for us. And, um, and I, you know, I've, I, I used to, I used to think like, Oh man, that's awesome. My, my, my photography must be really cool. But <laughs> there's so many great, there's so many great photographers out there. And there's a lot of photographers that are honestly way better than I, like I've, I've developed uh, a niche in mm-hmm. one sphere of the Instagram world. And, and that's pretty dang small, but, um, but I, I used to, I, I started thinking like, how much, how much of, you know, what they're saying is honest. Like they're, they're telling, they're complimenting my photography. Um, but in reality, like, I think they probably just want to have access to my follower base. Yeah. You know? And so like, I, I almost wish a company would like, instead of like pouring on a compliments like that, like these, at least these bigger ones, I just feel like I would almost prefer them just going like, Hey, uh, Hey, you got a big following or a moderately sized following. Uh, can we give you some products so that, uh, your followers can, uh, see what we're offering? I'd almost prefer that because it, because it feels a little, at least from the big companies, a little disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Honesty goes a long way. It really does. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so like, what have you done to combat, say, uh, the fact that it feels like because Instagram now is owned by Facebook and they've changed the algorithm a little bit to where, like for me as a brand, it almost feels like unless I pay money to promote a particular image, it doesn't really get any new traction. It doesn't get any new followers or likes unless I partner with someone who has a completely different following than mine. Mm. Like, have you Um, noticed that or seen that or even heard that from other brands? um, I mean, I've, I I think since it seems like, you know, for the last five years, engagement has been going down, not up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, I have to, base that on, you know, the, the different algorithm changes, which is, which is kind of tricky because like the algorithm is, is supposed to be 
uh, machine learning. So it goes based off of human behavior. And so like, I thought to myself at different points, can I get upset at the algorithm if it's really honestly like the way that people engage with Instagram that is, uh, you know, creating lower engagement. So I don't know, but, uh, I mean, I've seen, I've seen lower engagement, you know, uh, with, with my own, with my own account. And, um, actually just a couple months ago, uh, like I got a, I got a message from Instagram saying that my, I'm not eligible to use like branded content tools, which mm. was always a confusing thing anyways. Um, cause anytime I'd work with a, anytime I'd work with a big brand, I'd have to like put hashtag sponsored and I'd have to like tag the brand. So like at the top of the post, it would say like sponsored, but, um, the rules around that are so confusing, um, and not clearly laid out. Like I could, I could tag a brand as a, uh, uh, as a kind of a brand uh, partner, business partner for that particular post. Mm -hmm. But the other brand also has to approve my tag. And so like all these different brands would have like, like these content posting uh, deadlines, like, Hey, get this posted by, you know, such and such date. Um, And you have to put in uh, the hashtag sponsored, uh, and then you have to tag us as brand partners and, uh, per FTC guidelines and stuff. And, and so I would do all that, but they didn't approve, uh, at least on the Instagram side of things that I'm a brand partner. And so like I would, I would follow the rules essentially. Um, but they wouldn't. Hmm. And, uh, and so like, I think me doing that, like somehow made it look like I'm not following the rules, yeah. uh, per Instagram. And so like I appealed the case to Instagram, which took months. And they finally got back to me yesterday and they're like, nope, you're, you violated, uh, the, I don't know, the guidelines of our community. And they're, and they wouldn't say like what guidelines were violated at all. Hmm. Um, I'm like, okay, well, uh, hopefully this doesn't negatively impact me, but, uh, I guess I'll just keep posting what I'm posting. Cause it seems like, seems like things are okay. But, um, I mean, I've, yeah, since Facebook has taken over, um, I don't know that I've necessarily seen any real positive thing come out of it. It seems like they want you to pay to play, mm-hmm. um, which is really, which is really frustrating. Um, and doesn't really want to make you create, doesn't really want to, you know, um, like it used to be kind of this organic, uh, platform where you could, you could post stuff and, and makers discover other makers and brands discover brands and other influencers and photographers. And there was kind of a happy marriage there, but, uh, Instagram kind of, dirtied it up yeah like even my buddy primo he has a little over twenty thousand followers he before they changed the algorithm he'd get like four six eight hundred likes on a photo and now he's lucky if he gets a hundred and um it's it's definitely changed I, I have I have some conspiracy theories around that, and I think that's all they'll, they'll probably ever amount to. Um, like I've I've played around with posts where um, I will put hashtags in my post, mm-hmm. and and different numbers of hashtags, and I'll mix up the hashtags, and I see um, less uh, less engagement or less likes, you know, on the post. Um, the post I put up yesterday, I put zero hashtags in it. And saw close to a thousand likes on it, mm-hmm. um, and and I and I, like I literally have no idea if it's 
you know, like the, the thinking is if you put hashtags in it, it's going to reach new people. Right. You know, it's going to reach people that are not following you, which I don't necessarily know if that's actually true or not. Um, because I think what's happening is when you put hashtags in a post, uh, it's, it's seen as spammy. And even though, even though hashtags are a part of the Instagram algorithm, I think that the Instagram algorithm has done so much machine learning. It, it now flags like, uh, hashtags as, as spammy, which then makes your post less visible to your overall followers and even to new people. Hmm. So that, that's, that's my conspiracy theory. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, but Instagram aside, um, how would you like to see things go as far as obviously you enjoy creating content and putting it on Instagram, but if there was another medium, if there was another avenue by which you could create genuine content around your passions and around your life and actually create a following, like what would that look like outside of Instagram if Instagram were to go away? Yeah, I don't know. That's, I've wondered about that. Um, uh, cause it, it hmm, good question. Uh, and I'll try to answer it from like a 30,000 foot level. <laughs> sure. uh, I, I've, I've always felt like the following that I have or the thing that I've created is kind of a house of cards because like at any moment, Instagram could just come along and say like, Hey, you're done, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it'd be almost for no reason. Uh, like they, I don't know, flagged my account because who knows, maybe, you know, whatever the branded content tool things like they just came, came along and did that. So, uh, at any moment they could just, you know, turn off my account. So it, I, I've kind of wondered like, so what happens from there? Do I stop in photography? Do I lose my voice? I mean, obviously lose my voice within, you know, the Instagram sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does it look like to continue? You know, where would I post content? Um, like, I just don't think I'm a YouTube creator. Um, and sure, I'm definitely yeah. not a, I'm definitely not a TikTok creator. <laughs> um, I, I, I could see myself because I, I've, I already have experience doing this and I, um, is I've maintained, a, a well, it's been a little while, while since I've done it, but I, I used to maintain a, um, a mental health blog for my business, um, where I post on there regularly. And then, um, I've been a little bit more, uh, consistent in, uh, posting on my whiskey blog on my website. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I, I could see myself kind of doing more of more of that. And cause I feel like I, I would have control over the platform. Uh, whereas like Instagram, I just, I just don't have a lot of control over the platform. Right. So, um, I, I think that's probably where I would, you know, post a lot of content if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I've thought about doing that myself. I've created a blog on my website, but it's always been a challenge for me to figure out how do I transfer or transition what semblance of following that I do have on Instagram or any other platform to that blog and actually get people to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm struggling, you know, with, with that as well. Um, you know, Instagram makes it simple in the sense that like if you just create consistent content, you kind of, you don't reinvent the wheel, but you kind of follow what other more successful people that have been doing it longer. You just kind of follow their format 
and you put up hashtags that are relevant. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty simple format, but like with YouTube and blogs and stuff like that, there seems to be a bit more involved. I could be wrong. I just haven't, you know, gone deep enough into it to try and understand it. Yeah. I've recently in the last year began an appreciation for YouTube. It definitely mm-hmm. takes like a whole lot more work because of the fact that you're not just creating a particular image or a series of images to put on Instagram. You have to create a whole video that actually has some semblance or uh, consistent understanding throughout the whole thing. You have to edit it. You have to license music for it. Then you have to figure out, okay, like what's my niche? And like, say for you, if it was denim and whiskey, you would film every video would have to be about denim and whiskey and you'd have to stick to that particular thing, which is what you're doing on Instagram. But, uh, it takes a lot more time. Like for me, I can shoot a photo, edit it and put it up on Instagram in a matter of 10 minutes versus a YouTube video. It probably like, depending on how in depth I go or how good of a quality content I want to create, it could take 10 hours. Yeah. And so, it, it definitely takes a lot more work and the fact that uh, if you don't properly post it and create a, a thumbnail that people want to click on or a name that people are searching for, you m- might get a few hundred views. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Right. I, uh, I look at a guy, I don't know if you follow him, uh, Carl Moransky. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but, um, I mean, he, he has uh, a very sizable YouTube following. Like, I think it was earlier this year, he hit over like 50,000 followers. Um, and he, he creates video content that um, really like dives into um, a lot of like the quality elements of say a leather jacket or um, boots, um, knives, um, and leather bags. I mean, kind of the stuff like everyday carries um, and, and like his, his filming process is really amazing. And mm-hmm. I, I've like, he'll show behind the scenes of like all the different like video recording equipment he has. And, and, uh, you said you're a videographer and photographer. So like, I'm sure you know a lot more about that than I do, but man, video editing, just even like from an amateur level, uh, that I've done, it is, it is nowhere near as fast as, uh, like taking a photo, um, and applying, applying a custom preset to it and then posting it like right. it and, and, and the guys that are able to, you know, the accounts that are able to like put up a video every single day mm-hmm. as blows my mind, blows my mind. It's a full-time job. I know like for me, because it's what I do regularly full-time, I probably have close to $50,000 in equipment. Um, and if you're taking photos for Instagram, you could get away with an iPhone. Um, yes. So it's a, it's a huge leap and obviously you can create content on YouTube with an iPhone if you wanted to. Um, but like to create the the level of content that some people are creating and consistently, you not only have to have a decent camera, but you have to have a fast computer with a fast editing software. You have to have lighting, you have to have audio equipment. Like there's a lot that goes into it and that leap is definitely 
a big hurdle and it's a door that not too many people have been able to push through until probably the last couple of years because of the fact that equipment costs a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I, you know, I, I look at my, I look at my stuff and, and I thought the question you asked was interesting. Like if Instagram went away, what would, what would I do? Um, and I look at like my strengths and my, my weaknesses and, um, I don't know that I really have the patience. Like I could, I could probably learn. I could probably, I, like I know how to do a little bit of video stuff and, um, I have a, I have a Canon 5D Mark II. It's definitely not the top of the line, uh, camera, but I mean, it can take video and I've mm-hmm. got some audio, uh, equipment and stuff like that. So like, I know how to do some of the stuff, at least on a really amateur level. I mean, I could learn, but I just don't know that I necessarily have the patience or if that's really honestly the best use of my time. Right. Um, and so I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of always doing a ROI on anything that I'm doing. And, uh, I'm, I look at like, you know, the style of photography that I do. And I'm like, Hey, uh, it's, it's actually a, a low amount of investment and there's a much higher return. So I'm going to stick to that. I think there's definitely yep. room on the internet for another application that is photo based. Um, something that's really geared for creators where it's not algorithm based, but it's really just about creating a following that people where people love your work and love your content and love what you're about. And it has nothing to do with making money, but it's really just about content creation. And I've thought about that for quite a while now, but the hurdle to actually creating an application like that is massive. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, uh, you know, inevitably, um, like if, if you want it to reach more makers, like you gotta have, uh, you know, people that are people that really know, um, uh, HTML or coding or whatever, uh, to, uh, make a, make a robust, uh, program that can be really useful. Uh, mm-hmm. and maybe, uh, reach, reach a lot more people. And then inevitably when that, you know, when that happens, if it starts gaining success, then you get people that come in and are like, Hey, let's monetize this thing. Right. And, uh, and, and that, I don't, I don't know any way. Like I, I just, it seems like that generally seems to be the course of things. Like I, uh, I think it was about a year ago. Um, this app developer, um, reached out to me along with other influencers and, um, uh, they, they have an app. I think it's a lot bigger now. It's called day flash. Um, and they're really, they're really trying to kind of do what, uh, Instagram does, but they're trying to come at it from a bit of a different angle. So it's, it's focused on photos and stuff like that, but, um, they've made a few tweaks here and there, but, uh, uh, I had a, I think I still do have a day flash account. I don't honestly understand it, but, um, I think there are, I think there are people that are frustrated with the Instagram, uh, way of doing things, which is really honestly the Facebook way of doing things Yeah, and, uh, would like to see something different, but, uh, who's to say that if, you know, another, another, uh, thing like, uh, Instagram does pop up that Facebook wouldn't just come along and buy it. Frustrating. Frustrating. (laughs) It would have to be someone that created it, who their sole purpose was empowering creators. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe somebody that's independently wealthy and doesn't need to sell something off to make money. And, uh, 
you know, I'm sure that when the Instagram creators created Instagram, you know, I think their vision and mission was a lot different than obviously what Facebook's vision and mission is. But when Facebook rolls up and, you know, with a dump truck full of money and says, here's hundreds of millions of dollars for your app. Uh, you, I mean, geez, if I was the creator of Instagram and they dumped millions of dollars in my lap, uh, I probably would take it. I'd like to take a moment to tell you guys about the members-only section of allamericanmaker.us. Not only will you gain access to my entrepreneur's blog, but you will get 25% off all All American Maker merchandise and several other perks that are coming soon, including early access to the All American Maker social media app and Maker University, which is an online course community teaching makers all about business. So as far as uh, influence on Instagram or social media, what would you say to makers and content creators, people who are uh, centered around products who want to promote their brand or get their name out there? What would you say would be some, like say even like four or five tips that you would give them to say, take it to the next level? Um, well, let's see here. Um, I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk to brands first here. Sure. Um, when you, first of all, brands, when you, when you want to work with a photographer or social influencer and you are the one that's initiating, uh, the, the kind of the working relationship, value their time. Um, because the, the amount of, the amount of time that they are putting into creating content, um, and posting and keeping up with their followers and engagement and talking about your product is a lot, is a lot. Um, and, don't value your product over their time. Like, so there has to be this mutual, um, there has to be this mutual exchange of respect that the influencer really values, um, the product that you've produced and all the hard work and effort uh, that you've put in. But then you as the brand need to also value their voice, their aesthetic, you know, if they're a photographer, um, their photos and, uh, and then, then simply like the time that they're taking to, um, put your uh, your stuff front and center. Value value their time almost like you would value your product. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be uh, maybe one of the first things. Um, as far as influencers go, I'll speak to you guys. Um, just don't ask for free crap, man. Like, come have a game plan. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you find a brand that you really like and you really love, um, like treat the brand, especially if it's a small maker, um, treat them as a person, like tre- almost like treat them like a family member that, that, you know, maybe there's people out there that would simply go and ask their family just for free stuff because that's who they are. But, um, but almost approach it like a family member. Like you don't just go and ask your family member or a friend for, um, free stuff without giving reasons as to why you want it, what you're going to do with it. Um, and, could they potentially see their money again? Um, and maybe that's not even a, maybe that's not even necessarily a great example, but, um, influencers, what are you going to do for the brand? Like help them out. Um, don't just take their stuff and put up a low quality photo, uh, of, uh, let's say a leather wallet or something like that. There's the internet is filled with those, you know, actually put some thought and effort into it. Um, 
actually put some investment into some camera gear. You don't need to have, you know, top of the line Canon or Nikon, but like a move beyond a cell phone photo, move beyond a smartphone photo, like actually, um, buy a $15 tripod from Amazon and I don't know, get a rebel T six or something like that for a couple hundred bucks and learn something about photography. So you're not just like putting up crap, you know, like, and, and by doing this and valuing the, the brand and maker, you're actually creating a positive cycle where brands want to work with um, other photographers and social influencers. Because I run into, right now, I run into more brands that are hesitant uh, to work with uh, photographers and um, social influencers because they just kind of get screwed in the deal. So, um, can I think of any other tips that I can uh, give? Uh, brands, um, be consistent on what you post. Uh, there's, there's too many, there's too many, uh, feeds for brands that I've seen where it, it feels really discombobulated. Like, I'm not sure what I'm looking at, um, on a collective level. Each, there might be a couple of photos individually that kind of, you know, are nice and appealing to look at, but collectively, I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, and it, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really make sense. Uh, what the overall voice is. It just seems like uh, they're using kind of a, a shotgun with scatter shot approach. You know, I'm just going to fire often and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to have a targeted strategic attack. I'm just going to fire and, and hopefully I hit something. And uh, so I was like, don't, don't have that. Don't have that approach. Um, be consistent what you approach. So that means like if you're posting photographs that have a specific lighting, um, stick to that. If it has a particular tone and color scheme, stick to that. If it has a, a certain um, aesthetic that you really enjoy, stick to that. Um, don't just, you know, I mean, you can try things out, but just stick, just stick to that and have a consistency um, in your voice. Um, influencers, uh, don't be shady. I don't know. <laughs> don't be shady. You're giving us a bad name if, if you if you're one of those people, and uh, uh, be organic. Don't don't buy into uh, uh, don't do don't buy likes and don't buy followers. That does not help out the rest of us uh, influencers and um, uh, creators. Don't do that. Um, and and work with brands that you want to work with, and work with uh, like work with brands that you know that you would buy from if they weren't going to give you stuff like that's that's my motto that's you know for social influencers but um i don't think it's public anymore uh tips for brands um well what about just uh individual makers like say a woodworker working in their garage they're creating products and they want to try and promote what they do like on a, another level say better quality or whatnot how about that yeah, um, they want to promote what they do. The individual woodworker or leather worker. Um, mm -hmm. I think, from my experience, people want to see stuff um, in use. They want to. They want to see, in as much as they like kind of product and detail uh, stuff, and, and and that stuff can be alluring if, if done the right way. But I, I think for like just the you know the average woodworker. Um, uh, or leather worker, you know, if, if they really want to take it to the next level, um, 
obviously they're going to have to know a little something about photography to be able to communicate that to just complete strangers. Um, like people want to see authenticity and kind of rawness, but also at the same time, it's a little bit polished. Um, like instead of doing product style shots, do lifestyle stuff. If you're working in the garage, woodworking, like set up your camera and show yourself working on a jigsaw. You know, if you're doing leather work, like show the leather work that you're doing, you know, like it's clearly focused and you're, you're, you know, you're kind of blurry, but like, obviously you're there and it looks like you're working on it. Maybe even you're wearing some of your leather work. People want to see that. There has to be some kind of human element in there. Um, if it's just, you know, whatever the wood piece is, or if it's just whatever, you know, the leather piece is, um, or any other thing that's honestly being made, um, I, I think it feels a little detached. Uh, and people are like, well, I don't, I don't really know about this. People want to buy a story. People want to buy a story. And, and for, for makers in their garages or their art rooms or wherever, um, people want to buy pieces that resonate with them. And when there's a human element connected to it, um, people go like, wow, I really want to support that. That's pretty cool. Like that piece was made by this guy in this garage in Utah, you know, and like, he's got a story and this is his family, so on and so forth. Um, that's what people want to buy. But if they just buy, you know, uh, they're just buying a wallet that they saw a picture of, there's really no story behind it. Even though there might be, it's just that the story is not communicated. So um, do lifestyle stuff, action shots. Like that's, that's what people want to see um, when they're visiting your account on Instagram. That's really good advice. I definitely need to work on that myself. <laughs> Because awesome. uh, it's really easy as a maker to um, just take pictures of your products. Because, say, for instance, for me, I'm the only person working in my shop or in uh, my office or anything. And it's really easy just to take something, throw it on the table or throw it on a piece of wood, take a picture. Oh, yeah, it's a great product photo, but there's no actual application or in-use going on in that photo. There's no hands. There's no uh, human expression going along with that product. And that's definitely something that I need to challenge myself more with, which I think you've nailed pretty well. And I'd love to even learn more about how you do that as far as like taking a picture of yourself so often. Like, do you use a timer? Do you obviously stick it on a tripod and um, some cameras come with a remote. Like, what are some tips that you might give for that where you're a lone content creator or a maker? Yeah. Um, so I, I started um, with the camera that I had. So my, 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 father, my father taught me, shoot with the camera that you have, not the camera that you want. Mm -hmm. So um, if, you, if you wait for the camera that you want, uh, especially if you have no money, you're just, you're never going to get in there and start shooting. And so even if you just have your smartphone, um, and that's what you have and that's it, you, you can still learn photography using your smartphone. There was, and there was more than a handful of times where all I had was my smart, my, my iPhone. And, um, I, I would set it up and, uh, I didn't have a Bluetooth remote or anything like that. I don't know if they were necessarily when I started doing it, if they were in mass production like they are now, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I would, I would take just tons of shots. Um, I would prop my phone up. I didn't even have a tripod. I would just prop it up against the wall 
you know, and I would, I would kind of calculate in my head, how far do I need to be, uh, to get the right depth of field. And at the time, I didn't even know what depth of field was. Um, I just like, I just want the blurry effect. That's what I want, you know? <laughs> and, uh, 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 so I, you know, doing that, you know, you, you take so many of those photos and you, you take more bad photos than you take good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was like, man, I, I'm putting a ton of time and effort into this. There's gotta be an easier way. So I, I started reading more on it and, um, I had, I had forgotten that I actually had a, uh, uh, a Canon Rebel T1i. It was like the newest in that line of series and stuff like that. And so um, it had a timer on it and everything like that. And um, I just got, I, I basically did the same thing with my, uh, with that camera as I did with my cell phone. But because I had a tripod and I could kind of focus things a little bit, it got a little bit easier. I still couldn't, I still couldn't uh, control uh, the sharpness and the focus because like I would, I would take a photo and I would stand where I thought I should be, but I would still end up blurry. And so I started, um, to kind of work around that. I started, um, carrying around blue tape with me and I would, I would, I would put blue tape on the ground of where I think I should stand. I would aim the camera lens down at it. I would focus on the blue tape and then I would position the camera back up to like a portrait style shot. And I would stand there and I would put a timer on and, I would take a photo and for every one good photo, I had to take like 50 bad photos. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that was just the way that go. But eventually I, um, I upgraded, uh, I saved up or I, I guess I should say I sold enough things and, uh, I bought a, a Mark II, a 5D Mark II. Uh, it still didn't have Wi-Fi on it. Uh, so I had to figure out how do I get that? And I bought a little device, um, it's called Arsenal AI and it's, um, it makes the, makes the camera, uh, Wi-Fi uh, enabled and you can control things like ISO and shutter speed and, um, aperture and a whole host of other things, uh, through its app. And so that has been, uh, tremendously helpful and you can, you can, um, you can tap on the screen, uh, of the, of the live viewing of the shot and, um, you can focus, so it'll, it'll auto-focus for you. And then you can do stuff like uh, image stacking and HDR shots and uh, video through that particular app. So it's really robust. Um, and, then, and then I can download the, uh, the picture right from the app. I don't have to like take out the card, put it in my computer and all that sort of stuff. So that's oh, also wow. been um, another big time saver because I used to have to like eject the card and up, you know, connected up to my computer. So it would like, it effectively cut like 30 minutes or 40 minutes off my, off my work time on, on photography. Mm-hmm. And then, Oh, and then, and then the other thing that's been massively helpful, um, I, I, I would say I, I edit the majority of my photography in Lightroom. Um, I'm getting a little better, a little bit better at, uh, Photoshop. Uh, that's still a beast of a program, but, uh, mm-hmm. but Lightroom is very user friendly and, um, and it's in, they've got a mobile app that's very great. So I do uh, a lot of the editing, uh, on, on Lightroom. So that, so that's my, kind of my whole process. I, I have a tripod, put my camera up. I know the shot that I want. Um, I know the product that I'm shooting. Uh, I'm able to remote toggle, um, the composition that I have and dial in all the different features on it. 
Um, and then I'm able to upload right from the camera itself to my phone, do the editing on my phone, um, and then post on Instagram. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember when Arsenal came out, and I was very intrigued by it, but I never bit the bullet and actually bought it, and <laughs> now I kind of wish I did. <laughs> you can find some. Uh, like, I bought mine on eBay. Um, I didn't pay 200 bucks for it. I think I paid maybe, like, some. I think I paid, like, 130 for it. But um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's been a worthwhile expense for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I would love to even... Uh, record sometime maybe a mini class with you on like <laughs> how to actually do that whole process for makers because yeah yeah for sure man i know it's definitely a, been a challenge for myself even though i am a photographer and videographer i it's funny i i i market and create marketing content for other people but i have the hardest time doing that for myself <laughs> <laughs> i I can, yeah, no, I completely understand that. I, I, I get that. I'm a mental health therapist, so I can tell, I can tell a lot of people, like, these are the issues, these are, and these are the solutions for your life. But when it comes to taking my own advice, I have a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely. Thank you for your time. I know uh, it's valuable, like you said. <laughs> And um, you've definitely given a lot of great advice, a lot of good insight into what it's like to be a content creator and create content for yourself. And I definitely am going to take some of that to heart and apply it to my own making lifestyle as well. Um, do you have any last thoughts before we go? Yeah. Uh, no, I really appreciate uh, being able to talk with you, Brendan. Um, and uh, I'm always, you know, humble that anybody wants to, uh, chat with me. And, and, uh, I mean, I realize I, I have a voice in this sphere to a degree. So, um, I, I really appreciate, uh, your time as well. Um, cause I know that that's all valuable. Uh, and as far as making and creating goes, um, have fun with it, you know, as much as possible, not just to you, but to anybody that's listening, uh, have fun with it. And, uh, if you find yourself tearing your hair out, take a break for a minute and uh, uh, refresh yourself with something else and then maybe a whiskey and then <laughs> uh, come back to the creating process and please have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. Um, thanks for having me on and maybe we'll do something more in the future. Yeah, definitely. I would love that. Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about Denim and Whiskey and my other podcast guests, head on over to allamericanmaker.us. On my website, you will also find information on services and custom products that I produce for other businesses, including, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the podcast, my members-only section, which includes a blog for entrepreneurs, 25% off all All American Maker merchandise, and several other perks that I can't wait for you to find out about. Again, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode.